Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast. A weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 53, season 3, episode 17, Cutbags, originally airing April 9th, 2009. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Somehow, it's only the 50th episode of TGS. Yes. The end. (laughs) No, there is more plot than that. Somehow, it's only the 50th episode of TGS. Also, the recession is starting to strike the NBC Universal Group and Shine Hartwig, etc. So, so everyone has, so everyone... Everyone in the Shine Hartwig, NBC Universal, etc. Extended Universe has to make budget cuts, including Jack Donaghy and the Liz Lemon at the staff of TGS. Yes. As part of that, Kenneth has to take on double duty as Jack's assistant and the page. So Tracy offers to help Kenneth, who sends him to his apartment with a warning not to go into the bedroom. Of course, he does, and Kenneth and Jenna begin to suspect that Kenneth... Tracy and Jenna. God. And Tracy and Jenna begin to suspect that Kenneth is a secret serial killer. Also, I don't know. That's the main points. Yeah, those are the three main points. Uh, Cutbacks and uh, Kenneth's dual roles as a page and Jack's assistant. And the, is Kenneth a serial killer or not? So what are your thoughts on this episode? How is it only fifty episodes of TGS? Uh no, we'll talk. That'll be, I think, a big, t- big bulk of this uh, this episode of us talking. Um, because I've been thinking about that all week. Uh, yeah, this episode. There's moments in it that I enjoy, and it's mostly around Tracy and Jenna and them just being goofs. Yes, that's a very funny story. But everything about this is just dull. Like there's not. There's not that many great moments in it, and it's such a shame because it seems like it could have been a really good use of all the characters and the idea of having cutbacks. Yeah. And, and plus, that. it was timely because I mean, April two thousand nine yeah. was early on in the. Yeah, um, it just, I, I just don't have many great things to say about this. So, huh, not a great way to start off twenty twenty. I don't think with a thirty rock episode, but I mean, there's still moments in this that are really funny. Um, but it still is like just not enough that makes it a memorable episode to me. But we'll yeah, talk about I, it. I have to be honest, I didn't have any memory of it whatsoever. But there are there are there are some funny bits. And there are allusions again to Kenneth's if not immortality, then long his, long his reign upon yeah. the earth. Yeah. There's yeah, I like like some of the mo- stuff he's doing is funny, like him just constantly interrupting people because he doesn't understand what's in what in the business world is important versus what someone tells him is important. Like small things like that, um, but the Tracy and Jenna stuff's fun because it's just more of them being like goof about, so just being cartoon characters. And I like the Liz storyline in terms of like she has to play hardball and she has to sort of do the business world, but of course she's not great at it because she still makes mistakes and things like that. But it's just this is kind of a dull episode compared to the rest we've had already this this season. So. Um, I don't know. You got anything else to say before we hop in? Let's hop in. All right, let's hop in. So the cold open is basically going to set up uh, all plots of this story. Okay, guys, I just want to say congratulations on our 50th show. Yeah. That's 
50 hours of comedy, over 300 sketches, one unsolved crew death, and an Emmy magazine cover story. <laughs> hey, and someone got us booze gifts. Oh, sweet. They're all empty. What the hell? Congratulations on 50 shows, everyone. Enjoy your decorative air holders. You deserve them. Lemon, a word. Is this Lutz? There's no. That's a pretty lame present, Jack. Cutbacks. Our parent company, Shinehart Wigs, is announcing losses this quarter for the first time since the Civil War. And even I am not immune. I had to let Jonathan go today. Oh my God! How did he take it? Better than I expected. Can't live if living is without you. Okay, last verse, Jonathan. I can't live. Um, before we get on to something we'll probably talk about. Um, for a while, have you ever seen? Oh God, the the Liba Deep without you. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, Ken okay. Lee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I I was sure you'd had seen that because it just seems like something right up your alley. But do we want to do we want to expand on it or do we want to let it go for the listeners? Because I think it's funny, but it's also like, is it mean funny? Like we're making fun of someone because like English isn't their first language. Because it's presented in the context that they're laughing at her too because... Well, it took place on, if I remember correctly, like Bulgarian Idol or Bulgarian yeah. expression like that. So it w- I'd say it would be if it was someone who was East- Eastern European or not a native English speaker who came onto an American show and the joke was that they were seeming funny, then that would be... Like if it was from an American or British TV perspective, that would be a little more cruel, but... So I mean, well, it's it's cool no matter how you slice it. But I guess because it was on a Bulgarian show, like and, and even the Bulgarian, presumably non-native English speaking judges on that show, were still thought it was a crazy pronunciation yeah. and thought it was funny. You know what I mean? Then it's not it. It's less like oh, look at this silly foreigner, and wow, this person is she's just, just she's, sounds crazy. She's almost so overconfident in her English that. They, I guess they give her the spotlight to like, oh, let's see what you can do. And then you actually watch it. It's like, well, she's she's got a grasp of the language. She just doesn't seem to know the lyrics. Um, so, she's the general tone. Yeah, she, she knows what she's supposed to be saying. She just, her pronunciation's not great. But I mean, it's up there with like, it's I mean, it's close to like William Hung and all those other like really bad yeah. American Idol rejects of just... They did their best. It, it was, a, I'm not sure, I don't know what country it is, but the show was just called Music Idol, but it's obviously that yeah. country's version of American yeah, Idol. Yeah, I think it was Bulgaria. Yeah. Um, but we'll splice in here, like, bits of that. it's just i don't know it was one of those first like internet memes i guess that 
I I don't know if it well, was... Well, not first, but... Well, not, no, it was like... But it was like one of those I just like sort of discovered and I was like, well, how does no one sharing this? Like, mm-hmm. this seems like... I don't know. Everyone should be talking about this because it's just Weren't like... Maybe maybe I was all pretty maybe viral. Maybe my pulse was like so far uh, that I caught it maybe a couple of years later. But I was just like, man, how did no one share this oh, from me? Like, I, it went pretty viral. Yeah. But I like I mean, she she you know I got to give it to her. Like she tried, she did her best, she did a fantastic job with what she had. Sure. Uh, all right, but the bulk of what we should talk about is well, two things. Two things. All right. How was the only fifty episodes? Also. They she Liz says fifty shows fifty hours of comedy. Hadn't we already established it's a thirty minute show? Because it isn't like a time slot revealed to be ten thirty or something at some point. Well, not I mean it could or be nine thirty, right? But but it was but I from what I remember it was like Friday at nine thirty or Friday at ten thirty. And fr- I mean yes, it could be an hour, but shows. I mean, SNL runs I guess eleven thirty to one Eastern on Saturday nights. But apart from that, during the week, like all network shows, like. Yeah, they're either thirty typical. minutes or if they're an hour, they start on the hour, not the Have half. Have they hour. ever expressly said how long the episodes are? I'm like, I feel well. I don't know if they've expressly said that it's thirty minutes, but I feel pretty confident that they've mentioned their time slot being Friday night at something thirty, which would indicate that it's an hour, a thirty minute show. But, I'm gonna say, given that it's an SNL type show, it goes for an hour. But it, but then it, but I mean, even if it went for an hour and a half, that would make. Sense. I don't think it goes for an hour and a half. Well, right, because it's only been 50 hours of comedy through 50 yeah. shows. No, but seriously. Well, then that means it has so, to be an hour long because she can't say 50 hours of comedy. Right, exactly. No, so exactly. It has to be right, hour so that's long. what I'm saying. So that's another thing that's just weird. It's um, probably, that the, that mistake is probably just no one remembers that they ever said that it aired of at a certain time on the night time. Right. But the big thing, mm-hmm. the big problem, I guess, I have with this is the fact that they've only had 50 episodes of the show. And the more that I think about it, I'm like, okay, so that means when they were retooling it, when the premiere of this series started, that means they really only had to air, like, what, one or two episodes before they came in and retooling? Like, it had to be, like, just after the pilot that they were like, all right, we got to come in, we got to make some changes. Right. So that's the only thing I can think. Well, right. So, I get it right. So, it's not unusual for a new show to change things up. Mm-hmm. But the way the pilot plays it is that it's a show that's been on for a, a decent, really long time. A, a, a decent amount of time. A year. And is kind of sagging now and needs a new life to bring it back to life. Yeah. Which is the whole reason why they bring in Tracy. Okay. So, originally it was called The Girly Show. Right. So, maybe when they rebranded it to TGS with Tracy Jordan, that means it's sort of rebooted. And so now, under the reboot, it's only at fifty episodes rather than oh, maybe. continuing off of the turn. It's it, we're filling, we're doing what the writers. That's a done. really generous way to interpret it. But I guess you could write if you're. I mean, you're right. You're saying now it's TGS, not it's, it's TGS with Tracy Jordan, yeah, and not because even when she's anymore. doing the presentation later, she doesn't say it's the girly show with Tracy Jordan. But she it's says so it's weird TGS. because she's talking to all writers and saying fifty hours of comedy, and it's like it's if it, I mean. Even if it's only 50 episodes since Tracy started on the show, that's yeah. still like, as a whole, they've more or less done way more than 50 no, episodes. No, it's, it's, well, it also bugs Oof. me that this isn't the 50th episode of 30 Rock, because it would just be right. even more, well, celebra- I mean, self-celebratory, but celebratory in that it's, yeah, this is the 50th, that it makes sense. And it's not, so it's just like, yeah, in terms of the canon and the, the life of the actual show, that number doesn't really make much sense when you start to think about it because it's just like so either TGS had really just started when the series started which doesn't seem to be the case or it's a re- it's they're counting from the reboot 
which is more logical. To I mean, me. they would have to be coming from the reboot, but it's still a weird way it's, to yeah frame it. Yeah. So I don't know. I've never mm. like I've never liked that bit of fifty episodes, fifty hours, because it's just like that doesn't yeah. really well, doesn't make any sense. What's going on? I was my first question was wait fifty episodes this year. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> I don't think you can work people like that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. No, and I guess that is a little nitpicky, but it's also a sign of how much there was to discuss in this episode. That, yeah, that's That true. took up the bulk of my thought of everything that happened. Yeah, I mean, there, we'll have more to talk about as we go on. But yeah, yeah I'm just, I was thinking about that earlier that all week I was just thinking, it's like, no, this doesn't, this doesn't add up in terms of just the overall series. But I'm just going to say... I'm going to concede that it's just since the reboot. That's that's what they're counting sure. towards. That's all I can think of. I don't know. I'm warning you now that the entertainment division is going to come under some very close scrutiny. The days of your wild Coke parties are over. Well, if by Coke you mean soda. I do. It's really bad. It's so bad. The Shinehearts are hiring an outside consulting firm. What does that mean? It means they're bringing in hatchet men to trim the fat. And on Monday, you will have to present and justify your budget to them. Can you handle that? Handle a presentation? Jack, I put on a live show every week unless there's wrestling. I'm on it. Good. I've got some more downsizing to do upstairs, so I've got no time for hand-holding. Let's get this right. I got some tricks up my sleeve. That's my girl. No, tricks. The cereal. Some fell on my sleeve. It's sticking to the fibers. I've always liked that last line of a cold open. It's fun. The, the tricks up her sleeves, because it's literal. And on brand for this time. Very on brand. Mm. So Kenneth comes up to see Jack to get the bad news about Jonathan's departure, as well as learn he's got a new duty in addition to his page duties. You wanted to see me, sir? Kenneth, as you may have heard, Jonathan no longer works here. Yeah, the assistants talked about it last night at Finnegan's, the bar we all go to after work. In my dreams. Yes, uh, well, obviously I'm going to need an assistant, and I'm going to have to ask you to fill in. Well, what about my page duties? Oh, don't worry. I've taken care of that. You'll do both jobs. Now, this is a very difficult time, Kenneth. I'm going to be counting on you. You'll do fine so long as you follow my three Ds. Discretion, docility, and don't use my bathroom. Mr. Donaghy's office. This is Kenneth. How may I help you? It's Greg Wyndham from Aviation. I'm not here. But you are here. I can see you. I don't want to talk to him. Oh, corporate intrigue. He's not in right now. I'll tell him you call. I feel like I'm in the Pelican Brief. Do I already know too much? So I did the tennis line there is really funny, but you are there. Yeah. I can see you. <laughs> the naivete of Kenneth is fun, but it's also like I feel like we're going to be very nitpicky this episode, and I apologize, but just as much TV as we're believed Kenneth is seeing, wouldn't he know when Jack is being corporate intrigue? Like, when he's when he's saying, I'm not here, I don't want to talk. Like, wouldn't Kenneth pick up on things like that? But I think it also is supposed to be going into the whole facial cues that comes in later in the episode. So I guess if you... If you're Plus, he just that, has a general level of naivety. That's naivety true, tank. but it's just like, I don't know, we're supposed to... Yeah. We're supposed to know Kenneth is so into TV, he knows all these tropes, yeah. but... Speaking so. of that, though, is Finnegan's a re- reference to a specific sitcom? Because I, I, I didn't know, I mean, I'm not well-versed my, in a lot of those, like, NBC classic comedies to My know, first but... guess was Cheers. 
Like that's the closest because I don't think Finnegan's is ever a show. But even Cheers, it's just the, sh- the bar is called Cheers. I think right. that's probably what the reference is to. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I I, I was gonna say yeah. it was a good character work because like we know he watched a lot of TV, so like it's because right in his dreams because he's he sees on he's seen on sitcoms that people right. go to the bar after work. Right. So that's where he's drawing it from. But I, I didn't know if Finnegan's was like specifically no. A I, th- I, th- I think just on brand it would be Cheers. Although yeah. it's weird that you wouldn't say Cheers or something like that, considering it wasn't an, 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 an NBC show too. But um, yeah, I think that's probably what it's a reference to. Is most well because I mean even in How I Met Your Mother, they went, what was the name of that bar they went to? Can you remember? I can't tell you. It's I'm blanking right now. <laughs> Oh, pa- um, McLaren's? That sounds right. God, I've seen so many episodes of that show. Yeah, I no, can't believe- I've seen them it's multiple been a, times. It's been a long time. I feel like McLaren's is right. That sounds right. Yeah. Remember the time when we were in New York and you wanted to go there? And we went there and we were there for like five seconds and we were like, eh. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it's cool, but I think- I mean, it doesn't look, it doesn't like look anything were, like the one I think you and I, television. I don't want to speak for the whole group. I think you and I were also tired, so we were like- Let's, and and like we're not big fans of crowds, so it's like right around Central or not Central Park, um, Times Square, Times Square, and it's just like bodies everywhere. We were just mm-hmm. like over it. I think that was part of it too. But yeah, I mean, it was cool to like see it because it's like, oh, it's the namesake, but it's like, oh, it's nothing like the show. It's yeah. just the namesake. It's like I don't know. It's like going to go see, I don't know. Um, well, I would say Thirty Rock, but Thirty Rock looks like Thirty Rock because it's it a is. real place. Uh, but yeah, just be like going to see something you have like this ambition for, and then you get there and it's like nothing at all what you expect, and you're just like, oh, all right, it's just normal, normal. It's just a bar, bar which it's it's cool, but it's like yeah, it's kind of a kind of a bummer. No one prepped me. That was like, get, don't get your hopes up. They were just like, let's go see it. Like, all right, oh, really? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I we knew that it wasn't like it. What didn't really? It wasn't yeah, really, but like, I think also like all, it but... was like just a few blocks up from where we were. So yeah. we're like, well, we might as well we're here. We might as well just go see it. But yeah. I think I was still too hype on it. That mm-hmm. I was just like, oh yeah, no. okay, like it's cool. But yeah, I, I hoisted by my own hype. Sure. Ah. <laughs> uh, so the consultants arrive on scene, and Liz has prepared a very Steve Jobs-esque uh, presentation for them. Liz? Brad Halster, the Himmler Group, a division of Advantrix Consulting. Liz Lemon. This is my associate, Peter Hornberger. Liz, is there a conference room we can sit down and get started? Actually, I thought we'd do this outside the box. I'd like to tell you about three television programs. A comedy show, a musical variety show, and a live television event. Comedy, music show, live show. Comedy, music, live. Are you getting it? Yeah. They're all the same show. They're all TGS. Now, I could stand here, Brad, and I could bore you with numbers. I could tell you that we are the number one late-night show among men 9 to 13 and the morbidly obese. I could tell you that we're in final negotiations to create exclusive content for America's jails. But I'm not the one being judged here. So I thought I'd let the show speak for herself. Someone put too many fronts in this engine! It's about to explode! 
I'm Flavor Obama, and I'd like to introduce the Undersecretary of Housing and Crystal Meth, boy! It's the Fair and Robot Talk Show. My name is Suri Cruz. Put your hands in the air. I came out of the womb with a full head of hair. It's fighting! It's fighting! That's our show for tonight. See you next week! So where's that conference room? So I was trying to think back to 2009, and I guess Apple was like a Steve Jobs parody type presentation wouldn't have seemed, it would have felt fresher, I guess, because 2009 was more that was really towards the beginning of iPhone launch. Oh, so iPhone launches would have been around 2006, I think, was the first iPhone. Mm -hmm. So around this time would have been becoming just about annual where every year they're releasing mm. a new one so this would have been the iphone 3 i believe yeah, yeah that would have been around the three okay but i guess but like a steve jobs that presentation still would have been like novel and like something like i don't know i guess it, it now it's been i guess it's been done and steve jobs has such a legacy they're like doing it now but like looking so like looking at it now it seems like a little yeah. like oh haha it's a steve yeah. jobs parody but like then i'm sure it was more... no it was way like they were on point in terms yeah. of what an apple presentation was yeah. um like even just the small touch of the visual aspect of uh, the apps being little faces of the live, the music, and the comedy. Like just, I mean, it was very much an Apple presentation. So yeah, yeah, they studied, they studied their Apple talks or whatever. Yeah. They also, so looking back in 2019, it's 2020 now. Oh no, I misdated us. Damn it! Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it would be kind of. I don't think enough time has passed that you could make a Steve Jobs reference or an homage without it feeling hacky. I feel like it needs a couple more years before it's just like fresh again. I don't think they ever did that on Silicon Valley. I think they were smart enough to avoid that. Like they did presentations, but none of them felt no ripping off. No, it would have been way too on the nose for that show to have. Yeah, yeah, I think they were too smart for that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Did that make our list? That did. It made that my made long, your list. long list, but didn't make our top list. Go listen to that episode. So Kenneth has asked uh, Tracy to look after his birds because he's just going to be so busy at work. And that's going to be something else I bring up later in the episode because there's something that also doesn't sit right with me. But we'll get there. But meanwhile, Liz and Pete have been asked to cut 25% of their budget. And so they start going around looking for something that can be cut without having to cut an employee. 25%? How am I supposed to cut a quarter of our budget? Well, there's some fat. What about Sid? Sid, I can't fire our announcer. He'll lose his insurance. You know, he has a lot of health problems. Yeah, because he was hit by lightning and can't really talk anymore. It's Turgis with Cracky Jong Jong and Jimmy Moo. No, Sid is off the table. I'm not firing any of my people. I'm not doing that to their families. Or in Sid's case, their much younger wife with whom they have an open relationship. All right, we'll find the money somewhere else. The food budget... No! All right, what about straws? We spend $1,200 a year on straws. Okay, fine. No more straws. Everyone drinks from the can from now on. Oh, no, we need straws. Oh, God, that's its bathroom. I guess we should go back to Sid real quick. Do you know who that is? No. Really? You really don't? Don Pardo from SNL. Oh, yeah. I'm not a much of an SNL historian, so. Well, that's apparent. <clears throat> 
Anyway, yeah, so that was the vo- Oh, wait, it's the same guy who voices it. The voice sounded familiar. Yeah, but, okay. he's the voiceover okay. for all the introductions. Okay, well, then yes. Then, yeah. then I, because I, so, I, I didn't, I, the voice sounded familiar, but I didn't know if it was just like doing, like someone doing an impression, an impression. of the SNL yeah. voice. Yeah. No, so he okay. did SNL from 1975 to 1981, and he was off, and he came back at the end of 82 and would do it up until 2014, which is also the same year he passed away. So he works seven decades. Wow. That's insane. Obviously, he, SNL wasn't seven decades, but no. I mean, he did a lot of radio. It's only 50 shows. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was a fun like reference for SNL people to like, oh yeah, it's Don Pardo. He also did SNL. But it's, it's fun, like making, not fun, but it's like making fun of the character. The reason he can't talk is not his old age. It's because he got struck by lightning. <laughs> but he's like, they still think that he's doing a good enough job. They don't want to fire him, but he's like not pronouncing anyone's name correctly. Like, uh, it's funny. It's a fun twist on that. Like you, you didn't fire him because of an ageist idea. It was just because you feel sorry for him. So Kenneth is doing his best as Jack's uh, assistant, but he just still can't seem to get it down right. Matthew, I know this isn't easy, but the company's facing cutbacks, and you have to admit your boombox division is a little bit behind the times. We're not behind the times. We're groovy. I can offer you two weeks severance. Mr. Donaghy, I know you said only interrupt you if it was very important, but Tashonda from Time Warner Cable is on the phone, and she's offering three free months of showtime, but we have to act now. Kenneth, this does not qualify as something important. I do not want showtime. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just didn't want you to miss out on this exciting opportunity. Thank you, Kenneth. So do you think the <laughs> showtime bit was paid product placement or just a joke? Because I know showtime is owned was owned is owned by cbs so mm-hmm. it's not the same network but it, like it comes up here it comes up again in a bit later so it's like is that well, paid I, yeah because you don't have to specify showtime because they all keep they saying made, it's right. on it's on pelican brief or yeah. you could, they could just easily they could have made cable. up some fake they could have just said it's been on cable yeah. all or even something. just made up some fake they could have even used an nbc like it's been on usa or t or yeah is tnt tnt's in you know, nbc no that's no Turner. That's Turner. yeah that's um, uh that's Warner, I think, because because yeah. that's in the that, that's. But the they could just say it's been anyway. on it's been on TV all week or something like that, and and still, but yeah, it's 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 been a weird, and also to reference Time Warner because you know it's a cable town company, so it's you're you're referencing another rival in addition to Showtime, so it's just it's kind of odd. But even Time Warner is a relic now because it's Spectrum, right? Or is Time Warner the the global? So no, so Spectrum Spectrum is the merged. Time Warner and Charter. Carter. Yeah, Charter. 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 Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think. I'm not sure though if Spectrum was just Time Warner spinning off their internet and like they still kept mm. some properties or who. I mean, I don't know. It's all. It's all under the same umbrella, but it's also very not convoluted, just hard to keep track. Yeah. Because they were Time Warner for the longest time. Right. A- and then AOL Time Warner. And then AOL Time Warner. Yeah. And then I think they're just Time Warner again, and then their internet is Spectrum. I think I don't know. Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> but I'm, it's just it's also it's it's yeah rebranding so much that it's hard to keep track anymore. And so Tracy goes by Kenneth's uh, apartment to help take care of his bird, and notices his bedroom is completely blockaded off from the rest of his. Uh, apartment and the bird warns him don't go into the bedroom so now he, Tracy's even getting more curious about why Kenneth is so 
uh, cautious about his apartment. Meanwhile, Liz comes up to see Jack to get some advice about the budget cuts. Hello, Miss Lemon. Are you here to see Kenneth the Page or Kenneth the Mr. Donaghy's assistant? Well, I need to see Jack. Hello, Miss Lemon. Mr. Donaghy is in an important meeting, and I've been told not to interrupt him. What is this pertaining to? The TGS budget. Oh, my. That sounds very important. Mr. Donaghy! Kenneth! I've worked here for 20 years. I was wrong. That was not important enough. It's me, Kenneth the Page. This job is hard. Please have a seat. Mr. Donaghy will be right with you. Do you know what these meetings are about? I hear people are getting fired. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know Jack Donaghy well? Pretty well. Do you happen to know if he's a boob man or a butt man? What? Why would you ask that? Because I don't want to get fired. So I'm going to have to go in there and boink my way out of this one. I'm Cheryl, by the way. You're going to try to have sex with Jack? I have to. I have 15 employees. I'm responsible for them. Do you have any idea what that's like? Well, yeah, I have 200 people under me, but... Wow. Maybe we could team up. Go in there together. Les out, give him a show. No, Cheryl, get a grip. Oh, boy. Miss Lemon, Mr. Donaghy will see you now. Make it quick, Lemon. I'm in the middle of a very unpleasant day. Okay, well, so am I. I know this cutback stuff is difficult. I don't want to fire anyone, and I don't want to take anything away from my crew, and I want to keep making free long-distance prank calls to people like Seattle's Richard Sackmuncher. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. <laughs> so what do I do to get out of this? The only thing to do is make your cuts, live to fight another day. What? That's it? I thought you'd tell me to cook the numbers or shred something or do some... Pelican brief stuff. Why is everyone talking about that movie? It's been playing on Showtime. Kenneth, get me Showtime. What? Why now? I'm sorry. I know this is hard, but there's no way out of it. Well, little heads up. Your next meeting might disagree. She's planning to change your mind by hitting that. Oh, no, not again. This last guy tried to take my belt off. But the sad thing is, it sometimes works. Sexual bartering pays off. A Salome, Matahari, Deborah Norville. Well, good luck downstairs. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, don't cut the straw budget, because I've already cut the exterminators. That was a rude swipe at Deborah Norville. I don't know who that is. She was the a Today Show host. I, th I think it was post-Katie Couric. What? But uh, she wasn't right. She didn't last that long. Is she relevant? Aside from that, I mean, like, no, no. I mean that that's oh. no, that's the most prominent thing she's done. After that, like, I think she's uh, hosted like random. I don't even want to say HGTV, but like stuff like that, like random mm -hmm. shows on networks like that here and there. But consistently she working, but it's never the same. Not not to the same level of mm. fame or anything like that for sure. That's a shame. I know. I just remember there was like I don't think she lasted that long either. It was like she wasn't very popular for some reason. I don't know, but well, Deborah Norville is not a great TV name. Sounds like a news anchor person. Oh, no, Deborah sounds, Norville. Like, sounds like a country music star. Mm, maybe. More than a TV star. Again, this episode's kind of dull, guys. We're reaching. <laughs> uh, Tracy's run out of ideas and, and asks Jenna for assistance regarding his Kenneth problem. Jenna, something weird is going on. You mean this budget stuff? Don't worry about it, Tracy. It's just going to affect the non-specials. No, it's not that. Jenna, you're the smartest person I know. You think Kenneth could be a murderer? 
What? Why would you think that? Well, I might be crazy, but neither he nor his bird would let me into his bedroom. And why wouldn't you want to let Tracy Jordan into your bedroom unless you got a bunch of dead nurses in there? Well, I had to study serial killers to prepare for my role as criminal profiler Jill St. Ferrari in the Lifetime original miniseries, Hushed Rapings. And all mass murderers share three characteristics. Cruelty to animals. He grew up killing pigs. Bedwetting. No wonder he's fascinated when I do that. And an inability to read human facial cues. I admonished him for that earlier. Three for three. He's a monster. Okay, we've got to go tell Jack. You know... If Kenneth is actually a killer, we're going to be heroes. So, the next day comes around, the budget cuts have come into effect, there's a lot of layoffs, a lot of stripping of equipment, and the money's just too tight. And there's a fun aspect of Frank doesn't even have anything on his hat, which I think, the way I read it, it's like he's sort of showing that he can't even afford letters to make funny hats anymore. I think that's, that's my read of it. Um, but Kenneth has been admonished for being very bad at his job and uh, has unfortunate timing. Uh, Jenna and Tracy have come to him to, to determine if he is indeed a serial killer. And he starts showing more serial, co- serial killer characteristics than before. <gasps> oh. Hey, Kay. Where's Jonathan? Jonathan's not here anymore. How may I help you? Um, we need to see Jack. I don't know if I can allow that. I've made some mistakes lately. Terrible mistakes. Uh Uh-huh. So I need to know what this is about. I can't have you getting me into trouble. It's not about you. Yeah, it's about someone else. I'm afraid this guy I know in Canada might be a serial killer. And what is his name? Kenneth. I mean, I tell you his name. It's Kenneth. Excellent. I will be sure to let him know as soon as he's done firing Stephen Lee from microwaves. What? Oh, Mr. Lee, I forgot. He's ready for you now. I've got chills. He's evil. If I had any doubts about this before, and I don't think I did, they're going now. We gotta go to his apartment and save who we can. We're definitely gonna be heroes. Yeah, like Julia and Denzel in the Pelican Brief. <laughs> did you ever see her read the Pelican Brief? No, I mean, I'm aware of it, but I never... Yeah. I, would, I was 90... I feel like 94, 95, so I was like 10 when that movie came out. So I was not... It, was on, it wasn't on my radar. Why? Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. I'm sure... they keep bringing it up. Yeah, I'm... Maybe, again, probably just a favorite movie of someone growing up. They're like, can I write about this on the show? Um, yeah. I'm sure it's, it seems like a very by-the-books crime thriller. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. No, I asked because John Gerson books were like, I guess John Gerson books were the first quote unquote adult books that I remember because my dad mm-hmm. used to read them all the time and he had a bunch of them. So, brother of Kevin Gerson, author of The Rural Indeed, Rural. exactly. Mr. Mr. Gerson himself. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, that I remember that being one of the very first ones. I don't know if I ever saw the movie or if I did, I only saw maybe parts of it. But mm. to be honest, I don't vaguely, I only vaguely remember it, but I think it was a pretty typical like John Gerson, like. A lawyer and there's some sort of conspiracy and yada 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 and I don't know Julia Roberts and Denzel save the day in the movie I guess. Yay! Know, Good job Denzel and Julia I guess. So Tracy and Jenna make their way to Kenneth's apartment. Um, unfortunately they realize their error of their ways when they realize that it was a bug bomb inside of his bedroom after all. Oh no but before more. we get to all this I meant to say about the previous scene. Oh yeah. Um, so one thing it's a little off I, I don't know he uh 
like the way Kenneth speaks is like very like creepy serial killer mm-hmm. and it's like I don't understand the, the only reason to do that is to give off the impression like right. he would have no reason to well I think it's it's so the the lines that Jack gives right before is like make sure basically just make sure you think very carefully before you say anything so I think that's what his mind process is now is like I can't be immediate with my actions I have to be like stoic right but he's not doing it timidly he's doing it like just like yeah like creepy like creepy movie killer creepy but maybe that's his two modes he has he has naive and then he has creepy like those are his two modes that he has and that's it he can't shake up but it it's it's a stretch for the character for him to just suddenly turn that way and yeah. start acting that way when he's been so bubbly 54 episodes before this yeah. but it's just like even throughout this episode I mean he it's even when he's stressed out or whatever it's still like it's still feels like his character this like this scene felt kind of felt like he's being creepy because that moves the plot forward in terms of them mean. thinking he's yeah, yeah exactly yeah that I've that's the one thing about sitcom tropes that I never really like is when someone's like, oh, I think he's acting like a serial killer. And then the very next scene, they yeah. use, it's presented. In the, but I get you're supposed to see it through the eyes of the person that thinks they're that way. It's the TV magic. But it's still, it's like, it just, it never feels very real and genuine that it's like believable or anything. It's just like, well, it's only for the plot. It's kind of like, it's kind of meh. But it's still fun because we never really see that side of Kenneth either. So... Um, but this was this was the scene that I was I wanted to come back to because so they do this they go to his apartment they release the bug bomb which I don't I think bug bombs go off sporadically if I'm right if 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 I know my bug bombs well so because it's weird so when they open the door the room is there's no fog there's no smoke or anything but then they look around the room they see the bug bomb and then it goes off. So that my that's me leading to believe that bug bombs are just like a sporadic release and it had dissipated by the time they got there and they just got there in time to see the next burst go off. But it's because there's otherwise that would mean the bug bomb literally was timed just perfectly for them to show up, open the door and then go off as soon yeah. as they see it. So it's kind of like that's also kind of a stretch. So I'm, I'm thinking bug bombs are sporadic. They just go oh, off like right. for an hour and then they stop. I mean, I don't know anything about bug bombs, but either. that makes... I mean, that makes the most. Sense it makes sense that if he's he's he, if he's trying to fumigate his apartment all day or whatever, kill off all the bugs. Like yeah. that's why he would say, "Don't go in," because if it only did one big burst or at one time or something, right. then I mean, I guess theoretically, Tracy or whoever could go in there while it's still dangerous. But it's like if he's going in hours and hours later, it may have dissipated. So it yeah. makes sense that it goes off at various intervals. But the hangup that I have about this is, so they go over there and they do this, mm-hmm. and then when they see him again. It's seemingly the next day because they're in different clothes. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Kenneth did not go home at all? Because he would have known the bird was dead. Right. Because they admit mm. to him, we kill your bird. You're right. It wasn't like he comes in sad and he's like, something's happening yeah. to my bird. You know, it's th- like... This isn't the first time I feel like we've run into a situation where it's the next day, but it's like things... Never clear. Right, but it's like... Right, if people had gone home or had the end of the day, they would have known things that he still didn't seem to know the next day. So... Yeah. I think it's happened before. I, I guess it's just the. the I want to write it off that it's the same day, and they just went and changed clothes because they maybe because they the, got well, if they got they the bug bomb stuff yeah, on. That makes sense. It's never. It's not quite yeah. clear. So yeah, it's so, yeah, it's kind of a writing because my thought was well, he didn't go home because there's a bug well, bomb. It's like well, that doesn't make any sense because why? Because then why would he send Tracy there to do the bug bomb or to to feed the bird if he could all he could do it? I just it's. 
again, it's just some things here don't quite add up or just yeah. don't make... They, for the plot purposes, they make sense, but... Well, when it comes down it. to it, the only murderers here are Tracy and Jenna. That's true. That's true. But they're, they're pretty uh, apathetic about it, too. So uh, Liz has got all gussied up uh, for her date um, with... Oh, I don't think we've even talked about who this actor is yet. He's, um, he's one of that guy character actor yes, types. He is one of those character actor types. Uh, looking through his What's his name? Uh, Roger Bart is the actor's name. Uh, the most prominent thing that I had recognition with, aside from like 30 Rock and other small character actor bits, he's in, he was the Hercules singing voice in the Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, did not know that. So that was a fun I surprise. I didn't know that either. Um, but he's a, he's a theater and uh, stage actor, so that makes sense. Um, yeah. Most recently, he has been recurring as a judge on Good Trouble, the Foster spinoff. Yeah. He seems like that kind of very stoic... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, authoritarian type, like very no authoritative. Nonsense. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, uh, kind of character. He, I mean, he, he's sort of playing that here. He's like more bureaucratic here. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he, at most roles I've seen him in, he's always been playing that authoritative role. Of just yeah. I'm, I'm not the bad guy. I'm just the plot device to push things forward. Yeah. Did I say? Did I call it good trouble or good behavior? It's called good trouble. You did say good trouble. Okay, okay. Because I was just thinking, like, did, wait, did I call it good behavior? But it's good trouble. That's no. the name of the show. Good yeah. trouble. That's a terrible name. Well, it, I don't know. It's the name of the show. Good behavior is better. Are you sure it's not called good? Behavior? No, I'm positive it's good trouble. Good behavior is a better title <laughs> for that show than good behavior. <laughs> Sorry, good trouble. No, no. you mean no? I'm. I think I'm mixing them up now. Good behavior is a better title than good trouble because good behavior is like you're off on good behavior, you're out. It's well, good, good trouble th- is the freeform show that is a spinoff of the Fosters. Even bad trouble is not a good title. Yeah, that's just a no. bad title well, for a show. Okay, no, so well, it's never invoked as far as I know in the show itself like that phrase. But I think the point is because it's it flash forwards. I think a few years in the Fosters where. Callie's graduated law school and Mariana's working for a tech startup. So it's like it's their first adult jobs. They're living like in downtown LA or something. So it's like they're getting into it's trouble because they're, you know, but it's good trouble because their life experiences and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So. Good behavior. Anyway, is way it's I, anyway, it is it is a it is quite good. It's like it's the same level as Foster's like back in the earlier seasons when it was before before every week was like exactly well I mean it's still a little bit but it's like when earlier on when it was not so much like crisis melodrama of the week like it was more grounded no that was the Foster's is a fine show it was just it got to the point where it was just like seemingly they could never get ahead and I don't know just as a viewer I was like I don't I don't want to watch this anymore because it just seems like they're never going to win. They're just, anytime there was like anything that pushed them forward, like, oh, one of them got a death. Oh, the other one's going to go to jail. And it's like, and that's a, that's exaggerated. But that was like what it was. It was like, there was like one step forward and then like three steps back of progress. And it was just like, yeah. it's just Part like it always needed some sort of drama to keep the motive going. And it was just, I guess that makes sense for the kind of show that it is. But it was just like, I want them to win. I want them to have a happy ending. And it doesn't seem like there ever will be a happy ending for any of them. Well, based on how that show is going now, they seem to all be doing pretty well in so life. Well, but, it all worked out. No, I remember the point we left off that show was like something. I feel like I remember like 
Kiga Callie being chased around by like a murderer or some like crazy person or creeper person or was it someone? It was just like so over the top. I think it was someone like she turned someone she had turned in and he escaped or something. Or I don't know. It was it was very. I remember that was when it turned just being so melodramatic that Jude and his friend were smoking pot on the boat. I think that was the last episode I remember. And then someone got hit by a car or uh, car not Carlos. um, Jesus. Jesus. Fought some, fought the guy. Oh right, Mariana's boyfriend. It, I, I mean, it's just yeah. it's. Well, so it was like, almost, like it was like there was a school shooting episode at one point, and like after that, like it was all or like that. or that it, might have been after. It, that. It, maybe it was just a threat, but like I just remember like the school was on lockdown or something. Yeah, and it was like that was like the beginning. Like after that, like it was just all yeah over the top melodrama all the time. Yeah, I can only watch so many shows that do that yeah. that heavy melodrama. Like Degrassi was a really good show, but it was heavy melodrama. Oh, for sure. Uh, and Foster's was it's, Foster's a great show I'd say check it out yeah. but it's, at the same time it's like man it's it's a lot of melodrama and it's it's a teen aged audience so um, it, it's it's also going to be kind of silly and campy but at the same time it's not bad yeah. it's just it's not something I want to watch too much of yeah. well the good thing is Good Trouble is much better okay. it's worst it's worst um, characteristic sometimes it gets a little didactic and preachy when it comes to social justice issues like it, it just gets a little like heavy-handed in its yeah. messaging which can be a little like it's like okay like we get it. You, you you know i mean like not that they're making points that are bad or and you know what i mean like it, they're all constructive but it's like it's a little bit like okay this is like a tv show not you know what i mean so it's like it, it's just a little didactic when yeah anyway yeah anyway roger anyway. Bart. <laughs> oh right <laughs> oh i guess we should also mention he works for the himmler group which i think is a pretty on the nose group for what they do i guess because himmler is all Nazi and how disgusting not, I'm not praising it I just think it's 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 on the nose for what they do so thanks for dinner you sure know a lot about sushi well you gotta be careful they try to upsell you to real crap so we <laughs> listen I gotta get going I got a lot of work tomorrow all right listen we're both adults here we know the deal let's cut to the chase that's certainly direct we go upstairs, 20 minutes, open mouth, I will work your ears. I don't know, Liz, what you're asking me to do is a big deal. If I go through with this, I need to know it's worth it. Fine, 30 minutes, I'll make some sounds, and you can say one weird thing to me. All right, hardball, 30 minutes, sounds, top front of my body is now in play. Deal? Deal. Uh, Lemon, I heard a rumor that you went out with one of the consultants last night. Well, I had no choice. I had to give him a little taste of the lemon. And it was not sour, my friend. Not sour. It's interesting you put it that way because your writer's room is now the headquarters for Telemundo's coverage of World Cup soccer qualifying. What the what? Brad and I had a deal. I gave him top front. Top front? Good Lord, Lemon. That's your worst quadrant. Oh. All right. So we're going to get to the scene later, but that sort of spoils what I'm about to say or is spoiled by what I'm about to say. But, um, so we learned that he was hesitant about going up, going any further in their night because of his recently passed away wife. Did none of that ever come up in the dating or the conversation or anything that could have led her to believe that that was his situation? And if that's the case, if that wasn't the case and he didn't do it, then that's on him for him not being clear 
Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no indication I, whatsoever or foreshadowing or hinting or anything the entire episode yeah. before that. Which so. is, of course, the the blackness of 30 Rock sometimes where it's just like, of course, it's got to get dreary and Liz just can't seem to get ahead. But it still is like, in terms of, I don't know, just normal normal people that feel like it would have yeah. come up. It seems like the sort of thing that like sometimes when that happens, like 30 Rock will foreshadow it somehow mm-hmm. earlier on and like as far and unless i really missed something there was no i mean all he says is that he's like i mean he does say like what you're asking me is a big deal right which doesn't but, foreshadow anything but i mean early in the episode like when they first meet him or something right. like just like some line that isn't necessarily like out and out say something but like is yeah. enough to like you know what i mean like oh that set it up later and like right. I, it, yeah, I mean unless i totally missed it there's nothing other than to just dump on the like to lose or even just to the audience is yeah. like a side piece of information yeah yeah it's, so it comes out of nowhere i mean it could have right so knowing this character it could have been something that he mentioned at dinner or even if he didn't mention directly like alluded to where you, mm-hmm. you would get a good idea of the yeah. situation i mean it's and a, they just don't show that because it yeah. happened and it, it it's a funny off-screen. turn yeah that for the comedy it makes sense but for the salvation of the joke, it's like, well, none of that was seemingly set up. So it's like, it doesn't quite make any sense. Whereas, like, with the Kenneth storyline, the payoff is funnier because it's like, well, there's something going on, but we don't know what it is, but it's keep getting hinted at. Right. Like, there's something there we don't know. With the, the consultant, there's not enough for the payoff to be that great other than it just to be really mean and a, a reason another reason to like dunk on Liz for no real reason like she didn't deserve that like she was just doing what she felt she needed to do I don't know it's it's it's, it's funny but it's it's not a worthy payoff to me uh, but anyway we come back now and it, so this has to be the next day because we just saw Liz and that guy on a date so yeah. this is the next day meaning Kenneth did not go home or if he did go home he did not notice his dead bird right which doesn't make seems any sense unlikely to me. either in either case. Yeah, so it's just a lot of problems there. Uh, but Jenna and Tracy have a announcement slash confession. Kenneth, you know how you told Tracy not to go into your bedroom? Well, naturally, we assumed you were a serial killer, and as you can imagine, your bird is dead. Yeah, but on the bright side, you've been downgraded from suspect to person of interest. Someday we're gonna look back on this and laugh. <laughs> Time does heal all wounds. <sighs> Now you wait just one minute. I am sorry to be using my barn voice in front of a lady, but I am riled up. It is not enough that you killed the bird I've had for almost 60 years, but the fact that you didn't trust me is unforgivable. But what should I expect? Look at you two walking around without a care in the world, as budgets are slashed, and people keep getting called into Mr. Donaghy's office to be fired? I may just be a non-special. But what you two did is inexcusable. Good day. To this episode's credit, I will say it's a good running joke how Kenneth keeps inadvertently like outing people that they're about to get fired before they know it yeah. while they're just sitting in the lounge. And there's the other uh, line, or no, we, we haven't heard it in a while, but another hint of, as you mentioned earlier, Kenneth's seemingly immortality slash old age, where he just says nearly 60 years, which means... He could be even older than 60, but he only got the bird 60 plus years ago or less than 60 years ago. So it's like, it's still like, it's still open-ended where it's like, how old is he? Because it doesn't say. And we never actually learn anything about his immortality, which I think is spoilers, uh, but I think it's for the best of the character. But it still is like, man, this part of me is just like, I just want to know. 
Just a definite. Oh no, I don't. I think it's good that they add to as yeah. they do. They do no, it's they do. it's good for the it's good for the character, but like there's just that small part. You like there's like some things you're like. Why well, you just want to know? know. You just want to know the whole percent. You don't need you don't, to know. You don't want to leave that ninety nine percent known and that one percent. What does it matter? He's immortal. Know, he just lived a long matter. time. I know, but it still is like. I just, I'm just curious, like, is it something in the water of Stone Mountain? Oh, yes. Is it the whole Parcel family lives forever? Or is he was just a selected person or he's Jesus or something? I'm not alert. I thought you make his braces. What did you do? We trusted you. You ruined it with your talking, didn't you? Hey, why are you still messing with my show? What about last night? This last night was what it was, but business is business. Right. And last night I gave you the business. We had an agreement, top front and some light ear work. You got your quid holster? Where's my quo? Oh my God. Last night was about the show. Oh please, you know it was. You were all, oh, it's gotta be worth it. And what you're asking me to do is such a big deal. It was a big deal, being with a woman for the first time since my wife died. Oh, snap. It was just a transaction. What kind of person are you? Does it help if I tell you I thought we were doing sexual espionage? Oh God, Sharon. Angel, I swear to you, the next one would be worthy, but she's not. She's a miser. Marissa and Dr. Walters to my sketch. Okay, so Mr. Holster has filed a complaint against you with human resources. Specifically, his claim suggests that you tried to barter sex in exchange for professional consideration. In the human resource world, we refer to that as being a filthy prostitute. Now, since this is your first incident and uh, Mr. Donaghy has explained the mitigating circumstances... I'm convinced that this sexual outburst was brought on by menopause. We are recommending only a two-week suspension without pay. Okay, that's fair. And obviously, Mr. Holster cannot function in this hostile work environment. His company has reassigned him. And your budget review process will start over again under my... Supervision. Really? Yes, really. I hope you've learned your lesson, Miss Lemon. When you harass sexually in the workplace, things do not somehow just work out in the end. Mr. Donaghy, I thought you'd like to know that there's a spider on the printer. Oh, no. Am I interrupting? Is this another firing meeting? It is now. Kenneth, have a seat. And again, we go back to Kenneth has lost that serial killer. Like he would, he should know better by this point. You don't run in saying there's a spider on the printer. So it's like, what happened to that whole? It's it, it's I don't know. I feel like we're being too mean to this episode, but at the same time, like the quality we've had the last few episodes, this just doesn't doesn't meet it's the just same a, levels. I mean, any time you're a show that has to do twenty plus episodes in a season, not all oh, of them can right, be winners. So, yeah, that's true. But again, there's still great moments in this episode. Like the whole Tracy and Kenneth, or Tracy, Kenneth, and Jenna stuff is really funny. It's just Kenneth, I don't know, the the the, the him being the page and secretary stuff's not not great for me. But Kenneth uh, is fired, but he just loses his Jonathan job. Uh, but that's also the second time, at least the second time, Jack's bailed her out from from getting in real trouble. The first was. The uh, in the first season when she fires the um, Floyd's fiance, oh Anna Klumski, Anna yes. Klumski's uh, character, and he takes that on. And he, he says, "I I moved her, transferred her." 
Um, so that's the second time Jack's bought her out, at least, if not more. Um, but apparently you can sexually harass and get away with it, as not only exampled here, but in real life. That's a dark note to end on. Oh. They said it. <laughs> but we get the wrap-up of Ken, Tracy, and Jenna's storyline. And it's a happy ending for Kenneth, sort of. I'd hate to be that end, but... Ken, we feel bad that we, but mostly Jenna, gashed your bird. I agree. Not to name names, but it's so sad that a certain black individual found it necessary to trick someone so pretty into believing you were a murderer. I'm sorry. Is there a point to all this? I've had a bad couple of days. Well, we feel terrible about what happened, so we did a little something to make it up to you. So that was cutbacks. They should cut that from. Want to try one again? See, no. <laughs> they should have. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's how good I am at writing. So. Yeah. I th- I th- well, they're not much to summarize. Not not one of the best shows, <laughs> or not one of the best episodes in this no. show's run. Not a great way to start off twenty twenty. But, but maybe we got the worst out of the way. Hopefully. Let's think, let's think positive. What's up next week? Uh, Jackie Georgia. That yeah. will be a good one. Yeah, so we finally see the culmination of uh, Jenna's hard work of being Janice Joplin. Just in time for Oscar season. And we continue the story of uh, Liz being um, separated from work. So we get to see her juggling her personal life and still trying to have a professional life. So... I have good memories of that episode with a lot of great bits in it. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Any other thoughts? None. On cutbacks? No, you got any other positive that you want to throw out there? No, you got a lot of them. Uh, uh, there's, not, there's not too many positive things to say about it. But it's okay. They can't all be winners, right? Um, well, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing and you want to help us out rating and reviewing all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out and next week we will see you for episode 54 season 3 episode 18 entitled jackie jork john there it takes out see you next time Jenna, I just want you to know that if we find any human remains in there, I'm going to throw up all over your face. <laughs>